Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I edit and publish theweeklydriver.com. It's been online since 2004. My co-host and my friend, uh, I should say in reverse order, my friend and my co-host, we've been doing the podcast for more than four years now, is Bruce Aldrich. And today we have on... um, a guy I have never met, uh, except that we're working together now. He's a young automotive journalist, uh, Mason Bloom. Uh, Mason is a sophomore at um, Aptos High School on the central coast of California. And he's, uh, he's like he's a veteran car journalist, and he's a, he's a young guy. I hope, hope you don't mind me saying, Mason, you're 16 years old, and we've started to work together. So I thought it would be a good time to have you on as a guest. So welcome to our podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Sure. Mason, I think um, a good place to start would be that you're a young guy and you have a good knowledge of cars. And so when did you first become interested in cars? A lot of guys we've spoken to, whether they're guys our age or women or even younger people, their father, their brother, their uncle, were involved in cars. And that's how they became involved with cars. Is that the case with you or did your interest start someplace else? Yeah, no. Uh, back in 2012, I think it was, my dad bought a Porsche 911. You know, that was a huge thing. He's owned like a million BMWs before that. But yeah, I know that just really changed like my perspective, you know, being able to ride in, you know, such a small sports car that's, you know, just radiated, you know, the love of cars to me. So um, yeah, I know he's owned that for like 10 years now, but that's really the root of it. Yeah, Porsche, that's the, you know, the stuff of dreams. And to be able to have your father own one and start out young in it, that, that's got to be a incentive. I was wondering what kind of uh, car posters you have up on the wall, if any. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I don't have one of the Porsche yet, but um, mainly music, if I'm being honest, you know. Okay, My that's fine. dad loves Porsches and classic rock, too, so he's just been, you know, spoon-feeding me, that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, he's a, smart, he's a smart yeah. father. Don't start too strong. That's true. Um, Mason, how about your writing? You've, uh, with uh, my site now, uh, you've done a couple of stories, and they're great, and uh, we've exchanged emails uh, a few times now. Um, how did your writing career start uh, with um, Shifting Lanes? And there was one before that. Was it um, something, tribe, Auto Tribe or something like that? So how did that start uh, for drive you? Drive Tribe. Drive Tribe. Thank you. Yeah, how, did, no, um, how did that start? I started working for Drive Tribe back in, oh, God, I think it was like March of 2020, like right when COVID hit. I didn't really have much to do, but I, you know, found out, you know, I have a camera. I have, you know, quite a few model cars. I can start, you know, writing about those, you know, doing mini reviews and um, did quite a few of those. And then if you can believe it, my dad's friend who owns an Asthma Advantage, you know, through a strange series of events, he actually let me drive it. So I got to drive that, write about it, take photos, and do my first car review. Fantastic. That's pretty um, cool, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know who lets a 12-year-old drive an Aston Martin, but, you know, yeah, so that that was really cool that, you know, set the stage for future posts. And uh, I've been working for them all the way up until January of this year, where um, I actually somehow, like, um, uh, sees publication, you know, 
for like money issues. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. using their finances, but they must have screwed something up. Yes. And then um, one of the contributors for Drive Tribe ran Shifting Lanes. You know, they have a YouTube channel and whatnot. And, you know, they said, hey, you know, if you can write for them, you know, you might be able to write for Shifting Lanes. So I've been doing that for the past couple months, you know, doing similar content with news and reviews and events. And then now I um, did a couple of stories for the Monterey Herald, and then now I'm here. So it's, yeah, it's great. Story. Yeah. yeah, it turns out it's a small world. Um, my editor and friend at the Monterey Herald, Dave Kellogg, who you've worked with, uh, knows your father. And I guess they got reacquainted somehow um, from back in, I think it might have been San Jose State days. And um, yeah, it was. definitely a small world. And your dad, I, I think, although we've never met, and I don't know your dad's name, but uh, he worked in marketing or public relations at some sort. And so he, he knows you know, about writing and, and wordsmithing, as we call it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, he, uh, his name is John, and he wrote for uh, his school paper there uh, alongside uh, Dave. And he, um, I don't know how they, you know, met again, but uh, he introduced me, you know, to that publication. And um, they pretty much, you know, helped me quite a bit with, uh, having my stories featured on their website, and uh, one of my stories for Concourse got on the Sunday paper, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that is um, yeah, that's a big quite deal lucky for me. Sure. Yeah. Now <laughs> I I'm a '67 Mason, and I didn't drive an Aston Martin for the first time until a couple of years ago. So, you're uh, we are way ahead of the curve, man. They're I just nice gotta, cars. Huh? They're they're they nice. I hope you appreciate it, and I'm sure you did. What what the good James Bond cars are all about. Yeah, exactly. What did you make of that car? Uh, it was, well, it was a typical Aston Martin. It was loud. You know, it was fast. Yes. You know, not the most comfortable city car, you know, contrary to popular belief. Right. But, yeah, no, that Mercedes V8 and the classic Aston Martin style, you know, the Vantage, it's a really good combination. You know, they just sound fantastic. They're stupid fast. I think zero to 60 is like under four seconds quite a bit and um yeah no it it was like leagues ahead of where i thought i was going to be when i was 12 years old and (laughs) i would say so pretty good that's good stuff mason what do you what do you you and your friends what's a typical high school kid these days think about cars in general and back in my day a car was everything I mean, that's how you got around. It's how you met people. It, it was what a cell phone, I guess, is to kids now. I mean, it was your ticket to everything. What What do the kids think about cars nowadays? And do they want to modify them? Do they want to do anything? Do they want to have anything to do with them? Or is it just an, an appliance? Uh, I mean, times have changed quite a bit. You yeah. know, most people don't have the you know same level of a automotive intelligence that we might have, but um. I was fortunate enough to meet with a small group of friends at my school and form this like car club. You know, while we're not quite old enough to drive, I'm barely 15 and a half. Um, we all just share the same common interests, and yeah, you know, we get to discuss you know classic cars and how much we hate you know Tesla and what the automotive industry has you know kind of morphed into. But yeah, no, um, if it's you know, not us. It's generally, you know, young people who think like 
Tesla is the best thing to happen since like widespread or something. But um, yeah, no, there's still quite a few people who you know preserve that common interest oh, of good. classic cars and whatnot. Do you guys like electrics in general? Do you like the way it's going? I mean, I I like it. I guess now I, it's taken me a while, but I'm I'm warmed up to electrics. Do you, you guys, the kids, like them? Uh, it's pretty black and white. I actually don't mind them. You know, I think um they certainly have their place. I also got to review a Porsche Taycan, so that completely changed my, you know, like how I view them. But yes. um, I think they're great. I think it's great that you know, in some regards, they're quite a bit better for the environment but you know the engine is something you can't really replace the sound no yeah mason yeah. since you're on the peninsula there um maybe you've had other experience just going to the events but you went to the monterey auto week and you went to the velocity invitational so let's start with monterey auto week had you been before and if you had um, how many times have you gone, and what did you make of it this year with your assignment? And and overall, what 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 do you make of that? Uh, it's like all encompassing of any kind of automobile you could you could think about is is there in one form of another. What what did you think of it? Uh well, they had pretty much everything. Uh, the first time I went was back in 2021 uh, when I was running for uh, uh, Drive Tribe still, but uh, this year was fantastic. You know, they had as you said, pretty much every car there is, you know, they had pre-war stuff. They had, you know, stuff from like the 1800s as well as like new hyper cars on their concept car lawn. But, um, it was fantastic. You know, it was a huge event. There are, you know, a million different kinds of cars there and there's something for everything. There's a lot of, a lot of corporate money there, huh? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I went, uh, we didn't know each other yet, but I was over at the, um, a uh, little car show in Pacific Grove, and I took another approach. I, I wanted to find something that was a little different. I just had two stories to write for the for the Monterey Herald, and I found a guy who had um, purchased a Japanese fire truck and brought it over to the United States, and he's a guy from San Francisco, and that was great to talk to him about a, a mini fire truck that had um, 2,500 miles on it, and it was 30 years old, so that was great. And then at Laguna Seca, there was a man... Um, 80-year-old guy, and he had a 1926 Bugatti that he bought in parts, and he put it together, and he races, you know, in these rally races or or, um, vintage car races at at age 80. And so that just leads into when you look at an old car, obviously, before I was born and certainly before you were born, what do you make of some of these cars from the 20s and 30s and maybe Duesenbergs or whatever it might be? Are Are you fascinated by older cars as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, by far, I think the 30s would have to be my favorite era for cars. You know, my favorite car is the uh, uh, Romeo 8C, you know, the one from like 38, 39 or so. But it's amazing, you know, the kind of history some of these cars have. I know um, the best of show for Concourse this year was a Duesenberg Model J that the owner had actually, you know, like he bought two and then he put the original body of one on the original chassis of the other. So just some of the history these cars have is like unparalleled. You know, it's not something you'd find in a new Bugatti or Lamborghini or something. It's just fascinating. Do you think you'd ever wanted to try your hand at racing? Uh, it depends on the car. You know, I, I think I would be way too stressed to drive, you know, the 
that kind of Bugatti that you're talking about. I think, um, you know, it's priceless, but, uh, I mean, I can't drive yet. So I imagine once I do get on the road, I would have, you know, um, passion for driving fast, you know, whether it's, you know, slightly, you know, not super legal on the road or in a track like WeatherTech Raceway. Sure. Uh, it'd be fun. I, I'm going to tease you a little bit, but it's all in a, in a friendship way. And that is that when you contacted me, you were so professional and so nice to let me know that um, when you go to these events that your your dad goes with you and you asked if he could um, also get a press pass. And it was just it was terrific when you, the way you asked that. And uh, I, I'm assuming it all worked out when you when you went over there on uh, General Jim Moore Drive, I guess. And then I forgot the name of the other street, but you got in OK and it, the passes worked out, I'm assuming. And did your dad have a good time? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we we had a great time. The whole event was fantastic. You know, he likes to refer to himself more as an assistant, you know, as opposed to the father. But, you know, uh -huh. in the end, he is still my dad. I'm super thankful to have, you know, that kind of, you know, bond with him. But, um, yeah, no, um, I was pretty surprised, actually, that we both got to have a pass and enjoy the event from, you know, like the side of the track and corkscrew and, you know, turns like that. But it was it was fantastic to, you know, be, to just be with him like that. Oh, yeah, that, that, that event, uh, I think, like a lot of events, um, didn't happen in, in COVID, during COVID. And from the information that I received, I had, I had not gone to it before, that it was a, a good combination of, um, you know, very expensive cars and people who love expensive cars. And they had, uh, you know, catered food and they had other... Uh, things there so was it was it a festival if you will and and you were you able to park partake in anything other than um, the cars are great but did they invite you into the some of the vendor areas as well did you look at any of that uh yeah um the event was fantastic but i got to interview um uh, uh as you might know the winner of i think it was the group one race which was like 20s to 40 sports cars so i got the chance to do that yes but um yeah, outside of going trackside and, you know, go to pretty much every event there was, I think I covered it all. Yeah, that's great. The um, Mario, as we mentioned to each other, well, as I somebody told me and then I told you, Mario Andretti was there to uh, drive an F1 car. And um, I imagine his time was, was pretty... Um, limited and uh but it was i'm sure it was great for people who had never seen him get an f1 car i don't think he's been in too many um but was he, it a current a, a current, current day one? uh i think it was a mclaren but mason is our expert he was on the scene so what was it like to observe uh, mario from afar or how how not to be too weird about it but how how close were you to see what kind of a person he was with you know everybody wants to know what mario andretti's like so what was that experience from afar well, I actually got up close. I got a photo with him. Yes. But, um, the crowd loved him. You know, he was super, like, uh, uh, interactive with the fans, you know, taking photos with everyone. Um, but, yeah, no, this was the first time he got out in a new F1 car. I think it was a 2012 or 2013 McLaren. Okay, yeah. And um, he's having a great time. You know, he was miles all around, and it was being really fun for him. It was fun for the fans, and certainly fun for myself how old is mario now do you know 
Oh, I think he's in his seventies now. Right. Like, yeah, I forgot. 80, yeah, eighty. Eighty-three. You you mentioned it in your story, and I had to think about it because I when I posted it on on my site, and I think I was. It took me aback a little bit, and then I saw. And then I thought to myself, well, of course, he he's got to be in his eighties, and um, you know, I Bruce's and I are the same age pretty much, and we grew up on him. Yes, we did. So, um, well, the the other thing I was going to ask in different areas is that obviously you're very busy with school. You've got your journalism uh, going on. How do you, uh, how are you, at 16, you seem to be do, just uh, doing an awful lot uh, away from school. Um, and you're in advance, you told me in an email that you're in advanced uh, areas. So how do you find the time to write? When, when do you do it? What, what do you have going on um, on the horizon for your for your journalistic pursuits? Uh, well, I think all about balance. You know, I am going to see if there's any new events in my area to go to and cover. But, um, yeah, I just obviously have to prioritize school to some degree. But, you know, if I have to miss a day or two to go to such an event like Concourse or something, I know my teachers would certainly understand. Um, but, yeah, no, it's surprisingly, you know, um, not easy, but, you know, once you get in some sort of groove where you're going to, you know, certain events once, twice, three times a month, you know, like all the pieces just fall into place pretty much. Yes. What type of event would you like to go to anywhere in the world right now? Uh, automobile events. Uh, you probably know some of the, the bigger ones. Do you have any anything on your mind that someday you'd like to go and cover? I know there's a uh, Amelia Island concourse. I think that's like across the country, though. But um, yeah, that's a good ooh, one. Just, yeah, yeah um, just those concourse style of events. I love you know just having such a variety and cars from pretty much every year. You know, it's um, uh, events like those I think would be super interesting to go to, just with my love for cars from the 20s and 30s and 40s, and then just you know the combined interest of the people who bring the cars and the fans and whatnot, I think that like that um, uh, that would be fantastic to go to sometime down the road. It'd be a great goal. So, if you're 15 and a half, uh, way back in the day, we could have a. I think we could have a driver's permit. Back then, maybe that's all changed. I haven't looked at it for a long time. What's uh, when? When is license day? If you have a day picked out and. Um, do you have, uh, with your family, do you have a, a first car in mind or are you, are you just going to go with the Aston Martin right away? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't have to go to college if I can get the Aston Martin. Right, you know. right, right. Um, uh, God, I think I'm getting my permit actually in the coming weeks. Great. So that, that, that's going to be exciting. So that means license in six months more or less. And then as for a first car, you know, I mean, at least for being able to afford it, that's awfully hard to, to be able to balance photography gear and, you know, cars, because it's all just jubilee expensive. Um, but if I had to choose something, you know, realistic, relatively speaking, you know, on two opposite ends of the spectrum, either like a first-generation Miata, even though prices for those are just absurd, you know, it, it's like you can believe it, people are trying to charge in excess of like thirty thousand dollars for like a forty thousand mile thirty year old Japanese sports card. <laughs> it's a little high. <laughs> a little high, yes, high. yes. Yeah, just just a little. You mm-hmm. know, and what's even worse is that people are buying these. It's 
you can even believe it. You know, like, I don't know what's in the water nowadays, but... Yes. I don't know. But um, if prices for those just continue to soar, then, um, and just bear with me, like a 1990s Lexus LS 400, I know maintenance is going to be an absolute nightmare. But if you can believe it, you know, I can find those for like under $8,000 with less than a million miles. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a super niche um, niche sector of the car market. But, God, those LS 400s from before like 2003 or so, they're just really good looking, you know, and I love that kind of big Japanese luxury sedan kind of car, and it's like right up my alley. It's a unique look. They, I, sure. They are good-looking cars. They are good-looking cars. Uh, does your father or uh, anybody that you have a friendship with or a relative uh, have mechanical skills? Have you learned much? I, I don't know anything at all. Bruce has a pretty good background in, in the mechanics of cars, but what uh, do you have any interest in being a mechanic? Well, in order to be a mechanic, you have to have some sort of knowledge, and I lack that. Um, no, I have a baseline understanding, but, you know, if you opened the hood and told me to, you know, fix like an alternator or something, I'd have no idea what you're talking about. So I love your honesty. You know, I, <laughs> I think that's part of the problem with, with cars these days is you really can't touch them. Yeah, you can't touch them so much. Or before, yeah, no, before they were simple. Basically, well, not, nothing simple, but yeah, well, it was it was doable. Yeah, no. Nowadays, just the amount of electronics makes it like almost torture to try and go and fix just the most basic of parts. You know, like even if you were to open the hood of a car, you're just going to be met with some sort of plastic cover that you have to rip off. It's right. kind of amazing how they just keep right. getting heavier, and there's more and more technology. You know, there's going to be like a movie theater sized TV and a Tesla in like five years probably is sure. absurd. But, but yeah. That's good. Uh, Mason, uh, I'm going to be your really hard driving editor here. And um, of course, again, I'm having fun with you. But um, mm-hmm. on, on the horizon, of course, next year, um, I think if, if when your schedule allows, if you do. The story about next year at WeatherTech, uh, you know, they, they if they haven't started already, they're about to start the new tra- uh, surface of the track, and um, some of the events next year, including the IndyCar race, they'll be racing on a new surface. So that should add another element to uh, the different varieties of um, events they have. So that's on the horizon, and I think it would be great if if you interest continues that. You and I will meet up one day with the public relations guy there, Barry um, Topke, and um, probably line you up with a a season pass. So if not every event, then you could go out there um, again when when all the things you have going on, when when it allows, and you can cover some events that way in in 2023. You'll be the the Monterey Peninsula uh, correspondent. How's that? Uh, it sounds quite good. I still owe you that story about the schedule, but um, yeah, there's no, yeah, no there's no rush. Happy to see what this new, like, like what this new season and new year brings for cars. So that'll that sounds fantastic. Yeah, the, the it was it was yeah. a little eye opening for me because I hadn't been to an Indy car race in probably 25 years, and I've been the last two, and that was great. And I didn't really have all that much interest in motorcycles, but I've been to a couple of the motorcycle events. Um, Years ago, it was the uh, MotoGP, and then these more recent years, it was the Superbikes. And uh, mm-hmm. it was great to see that and, and some of the guys who 
and there's a few women, but um, uh, some of the young guys who are in the Indy cars are, you know, they're barely older than you are, and boy, they're they're just something to meet. They um, they're just fantastic young guys, and they're great drivers, and and uh, so the Indy cars are, are really fun to watch if you haven't been to one yet. Yeah, no, uh, I'm an F1 fan myself, but you know, they never seem to race anywhere local for you know, no obvious reasons. You no, know, but um. IndyCar sounds fantastic. You know, I have watched a few races and just the level of performance that, you know, they have, it's just wild. You know, there's nothing really like it. So for them to race, you know, here in Monterey, that sounds super exciting. Well, uh, that's that's good for us, Mason. Thank you. Uh, we want to thank Mason Bloom, um, now a contributing writer to my website, theweeklydriver.com. And He's doing um, stories, uh, continuing to do stories for the other website, which is, again, Bruce, um, tell me again, Mason. I'm sorry, I blanked on the other on the other website name. Uh, Shifting Lanes. Shifting Lanes, thank you. Um, so, Mason, thanks for making the time today. Uh, I'm sure uh, as uh, friends, at least on the Internet so far, we'll, we'll be talking soon. And, and early next year, I look forward to meeting you and, and having a, a bite to eat or a cup of coffee or a Coke or something with you and your dad if he's available. And um, we'll see you early next year. But but thanks for being our guest. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Mason. Thanks, Mason. Bye-bye now.